Good day, and welcome to the Healing in the After Loss show. This is a show about coming to a place of peace and healing after loss. I am Deborah Brown, and it is my honor and privilege to be co-hosting this show with Benjamin Allen, a brilliant writer, a gifted speaker, an amazing human being, and a very good friend of mine. I don't usually add that part, but I thought that would be good for our fourth show, Benjamin. What do you think? Sounds good. Sounds good. Thank you, Deborah. Well, we are... We are very good friends, and we came to be friends because of my good fortune to be at the right place and time in your journey so that I could actually step into your journey, if I may say that, and kind of walk with you for a while about some of its unfolding. Is that a fair statement of where we came to be together? Definitely, definitely. And the reason, of course, is your book... Uh, healing in the Afterloss. I'm sorry, I've got that wrong. Uh, Out of the Ashes, Healing in the Afterloss. And I just think it would be great for our listeners to find out more about the process of writing the book and maybe set up a little bit for us, if you wouldn't mind, um, the loss that occurred and then the, um, the decision to actually write the book and what you hope to gain or share uh, from the book. You're hoping not to gain anything except sharing. I know that for a fact. <laughs> so. Well, well you know, the, the, the book is basically around the experience of going through the uh, lives and deaths of my family and coming back into life. And it's all this it's real cyclical and, and type of uh, experience of how do we encounter such tragedy and find a way in, in death to find life. And it, it started, the, the, the book actually started with life itself of finding out that uh, Lydia and the, the birth of our first child was uh, received a transfusion about 10 hours before he was born with HIV. And we didn't know he was born and there was a lot of illness going on, and we had another child about two and a half years later, and there was a lot of tragedy and illness and, and with that birth. And, and um, then five months after Brian was born, our second child, uh, we received a call from the blood bank, and we were all tested, and all three of them were HIV positive, and I was negative. And so the book is about how we went through that experience the first part of the book is, and part one, is going through the finding out how, what, you know, the going through the death of uh, Brian, who died first at eight and a half months old, and then through that, through Lydia's death, which happened about four years later, and then Matthew, our oldest son, died at the age of 13 three years after Lydia died. And so I was going through all of this uh, and moving through what, quite intimately what we traveled through. And then the second part of the book is what I went through coming out of that tragedy and into a life that had to be reshaped and remolded and, and uh, coming back into life. So it really is a... It was a process, and it was a process that I did not take on the writing 
very quickly. I didn't do it at all, really. I wasn't planning on it. Uh, during the time of uh, after Lydia died and before Matt died, our story became public, and uh, there was a lot of publicity around it and the national news and so forth. And there was, you know, it was it was the hot topic of the moment back then. And all we wanted to do was to have a, a simple life and for us to not be persecuted, which other people in that situation had been through. And so, uh, but after that, after Matt died, I just wanted to go and see where this grief process would take me and to lean into everything and to go through it. And, and I did. I went through it. And the second part of the book is about leaning into loss and leaning into uh, life and to see where what was left. When everything is taken away, what's left? And uh, yeah, so I didn't uh, write the book to find healing. I wrote the book because of the healing. And there's a, there's a big difference, and I think it comes out in the tone of that of the interchange of uh, of what what the book actually tells. And, and I, you know, I did this not as a, you know saying, oh, this is what we went through. The way I hopefully shaped the narrative was this is what people go through. This is what life. When life happens, this is what happens to life. And uh, so it wasn't uh, a sense of, you know, a driving force to find healing. It wasn't uh, a driving force to rise at all. It just came to a place where I felt that if I did not write it, I could not move on, ironically. It was like this was, I'd come to a place where I felt internally it was time to chronicle what took place so I could walk away. You know, and Rachel was very encouraging of that, my wife, my present wife, and she, uh, and she said, yeah, write it. It's time to write it. And uh, But I had this illusion that you write a book, you hand it to somebody, and you walk away. You know, I said, okay, I'm done, you know. And uh, she keeps reminding me that that's not how it works. And, you know, I, I'm basically at a place of great peace with the loss that I have encountered, and that's what I wanted to convey. But, you know, it is about, okay, but you, I still have to be able to get this to the right hands and to the people that, that this could be of use to. And uh, that is not, uh, I didn't know that was part of the deal. <laughs> well, are you finding that, um, let's just use the, the, the word promotion of the book because that really is the only way that you can get it in the hands of the people who will get the, the value from it that you know they will. Um, the promotion of the book probably puts you back in the you know part one of the story <laughs> of your life in the book, um, over and over again. Does it feel like that, or are you just able to um, just talk about the book as as a project, or it, it really doesn't work that way, does it? No, as if it's third person. Actually, it's not. It's not that. It's not the talking about Matt and Lydia and Brian and what we went through is quite easy for me, and especially when it 
it's easy when I'm talking with someone that has traveled through loss because it's, it, it, it's the same words but a different language. And it, it, there's something deeper and there's something that there's a resonance and, and sorrow that uh, there's a kind of an echo chamber that when I speak I can hear and when I hear I can speak and, and on, on that level. And so that's fine for me. I, and I, I appreciate the connection with those that have traveled through deep sorrow. And, and in fact, one of the things that I, I, in the writing of it, and I think I put this in, in the forward or whatever it was, that, you know, I hope these pages, this is not about my story, this is about our story. And I hope these pages will, will find a way for you to be able to find your own story and articulate what I have been through. The articulation of that can be an echo of what you've gone through. And so that's really more why I wrote it. It was to, it was to, it was to say you're not alone to someone else because I certainly – have found great peace in, in my journey, and I, I did not need to write this to find any more peace. You know, I found this as a completion, and, and I know Deborah, you talked about it being part of a legacy for Matt, Livy, and Brian. And you know, I never really thought of it that way as I was writing it or as, as I was going through this process. I never thought, but it really is a testament of you know, the incredible lives that they had and, and the incredible gifts that they gave, not just to me. But uh, uh, it, it, for me, it, I've never thought of it that way. I've thought of it as just one person in sorrow sharing with another person in sorrow a mutual path. And so that's what, went in the promotion of it or whatever it is, uh, that's the way I look at it, is that this book... Will, will gravitate to the to the ones that need it, you know, and, and I do need to be a part of that, and so I'm, I'm willing to accept that. What it actually triggers for me, Deborah, is uh, the uh, being public back then, and I did not like that, but we did it because we could have a voice where others couldn't. We were safe where others were not safe, uh, we could speak out and say HIV is not uh, going to destroy your lives and, you know, we don't need to isolate people and we don't need to, you know, send people off to an island, which was a lot of conversations back then, and, and the hostility and the anger and, and the rejection. We could stand and, and uh, you know, we could stand on the edge where... Uh, a lot of people were hiding and a lot of people were in pain and a lot of people were suffering and they were doing that in silence. So, but in that, in that coming out at that time with our story, it just felt like we were just being so used and it was so, you know, the people would come in and, and rip our lives to shreds and then leave and we were, we were there, you know, tattered. So I had this protective layer that I would create and say, okay, this is when this is over, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. And so the, the irony of this, when the book came out, there was a local news station, and this guy came in and did an interview, and I was not looking forward to that. And uh, 
but what what took place was quite interesting because what he did, you know, at that time in the past, it was AIDS and what happens to children in school and all this stuff and what the devastation we went through with the world around us and what and I didn't like that take on it all and but what what he did was he talked about healing he talked about you know what did it take to get through and uh, so it's a whole different context and I was sitting there talking to this guy doing the interview and he was a really beautiful compassionate intelligent, you know, heart-filled guy. And in that conversation, it was very different from what we went through before. And so it's a different context. It's a different uh, content when it comes to, you know, now it's talking about, yeah, you can make it through loss. It's more about loss than the AIDS. And, you know, it's more about the living than the disease. And so it's, it's a different feel for me, but it's still, I'm a pretty private person. I don't know what, I don't know what the hell I was thinking, but I, yeah. I really did. I, re, I really did. I thought, okay, you give somebody a book that they'll either like it or they won't, or it'll go somewhere. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't know I had to stay engaged with it. Yes, you do. And speaking of engaged, your <laughs> Facebook, your Facebook page um, is stellar. Uh, I've mentioned that on all three of our other shows so far. It's our fourth one, I think. Um, but I mention it because it is a wonderful place where it is in the moment, um, your feelings and the feelings of other people being expressed in the comments, in your posts, in things that get written on the wall or whatever. And it's just brilliant. Sometimes it is so poignant and, um, you know, you say it's it's easy to talk about loss when you're talking with someone who has traveled through loss, and I think that shows up in the reaction on your Facebook page, don't you? Thank you. Yeah, I do. I think there's there's some depth there. There's some people that, as Rachel, I don't know much about Facebook, and Rachel is the one that has done such a brilliant job in putting her uh, photographs and putting my words to her photographs and, and maintaining that page and, and so forth. But, uh, and the connection there uh, has been remarkable. And, but Rachel calls people troll those, those sites. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> but, but, yeah, and I think that there is, there is a, a gathering that takes place. And, you know, that there is that sense of knowing. And, and, I, and some of the comments that, that thank you for putting into words what I can't express, and what and, and what I what I'm going through, and that's what happens with grief. That's why I t- it took so long for me to come to a place of wanting to write the book, because there are places in the journey that that words can't go. You know that. You know there are places where it just. I wrote something today about. I needed after they died to go to go there alone, and Rachel just put it up on the Facebook page. But there are some places I just needed to be alone, and and that aloneness took a long time for me. I needed to travel where words could could reach, and so when people come when people come to that page, you know they're in that state. 
They're in that state. Right. Some of them are in that state to where there are no words, and, they, and there's no road signs. There's no sense of where am I, and, and uh, there's no night sky. You know, there's only well, night. Right, and that's what's so beautiful about the gift of the book, and that is you help people see exactly what you just said, that it is a journey, it, it is some learning to lean in instead of shutting down and whatever else happens for people. Um, it is that, that expression of you know, the legacy that you can leave by, by doing the right thing at the end, you know, at the end of life for each person and all of that is in that book in such a beautiful way that people can put uh, almost like little frames around what they've been confused about in their own journey. You know, they can, all, they can almost look at it and go, ah, that's, that's how I did that too. Or, gosh, I, I wish I had thought of that and, you know, like I could have maybe felt better sooner or whatever, you know, I, I, whatever the reaction is. And the reason I know this is because um, when we first started working on the, the book, I came in at the end of the process for um, the writing is beautiful, and I just edited just a teeny little bit teeny, teeny, teeny little bit. It was edited beautifully already. And um, I just, I, I had so much come up for me. If you'll recall our conversations, which yeah. were long, long and wonderful. Um, I had so much come up for me about my own journey through loss. And I know that people will have the same reaction and do have the same reaction when they read the book. So I appreciate it as the gift that you gave us. That's how I look at that book. You know, and Deborah, I really, and to say a couple of things in response is that Rachel uh, is a professional writer and she edited the book before you got to it. And like you said, it was beautifully edited. She cut a lot of my darlings out. She did a beautiful job at editing the book. To begin with, and you came in and and the icing on the cake and really made it, you know, stellar. And um, but another thing of what you said is that what I've wanted from the very beginning, even from the first word on the page, is to is that everybody that touches this book be touched by this book, and and touch this book in a special way. And when we met you, and you, I, I met you through Rachel, and uh, when you got onto the project and you felt what you felt and, and it, it resonated with you, I knew I wanted to work with you. I knew you had the heart uh, for this. I knew you, you had the skills uh, on a professional level, but you had the heart to go with it. And that was that's what was the tipping point for me to say, yeah, let's let, let's let's. Uh, Let's work together because in our conversations and in our in the unfolding of our lives, that's what I want when people read the book is what we experienced and we got to experience in real time, voice to voice, heart to heart. And you're sharing your journey. And you haven't shared a lot on this, this show. You've shared some, but you, you, there's so much that you've gone through. And that of, of such great depth, and and 
loss and and triumph and uh, triumph's a lousy word. I hate that damn word because uh, <laughs> there's there's no winning in loss. There's there's, there's, there's the deepening of love and loss. And I, I really I I I retract that thing. But but uh, the way you have deepened and lost, and the way that you came to this project as you come to life, uh, all of your life, is, is remarkable. So I look forward to the, in this time together to more of you, more of, of how you touch not just this book, but how you touch life. Well, as you know, um, I, I share as it um, as it as it appears in the conversation and it's like okay that's that's obviously where I'm supposed to say something here that makes so much sense and then all of a sudden I'll find myself sharing something different <laughs> you know, so it's, it's almost like I, I accidentally reveal the real thing that's going on I, I don't know if it's accidental but um, <laughs> it's not accidental well it's you know after you've lived um, I've lived I've lived a very good life. I mean, I'm 61. I'll be 61 on my birthday in August, and I feel like I'm 35 most of the time. And um, my gosh, I would not want to live parts of those years again. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> if you know what I mean, I don't want to go back, but I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind talking about some of that stuff. But you know, it is. Um, it is the case that there are no road signs um, when certain things are happening in your life and you have to just do the best you can and then be willing at some point in the future to be able to share with someone else who's going through something similar so they see that it is possible to live through it and come out on the other side. And I think that's why I share. And I think that's why you share too. Um, you know, things like domestic violence, as an example. Um, I am a domestic violence survivor. Um, I worked in the domestic violence arena um, as a volunteer for 20 years. And that was probably the hardest stuff for me because uh, talk about, it, you know, things bringing up um, memories uh, when you're working with other people that are having horrible things happen to them. And you hear horrible, horrible stories. You can't help but go back and say, "Yeah, I have a similar story." You know, thank God I, you know, I got out of it. Um, but yeah, it's um, and that's a loss, by the way, of um, of of an immense kind. That I hope people realize that living with domestic violence is, um, gosh, you know, what do you lose? You lose your self-esteem. You lose your freedom. Your happiness. Um, it's it's not a good place to be, and that no, that was lose. about seventeen years of of two marriages. So I didn't choose well. <laughs> well, you know, and and uh, I'd love for you to go into it further because of uh, not that part, but what you just said about all the things you lose, and that that's a and that's a really important. Point when it comes to if you know when some people are listening to this is that loss is not just in death. Loss is in so many ways, and and the intensity of your loss, the loss of dreams, the loss of safety, the loss of 
you know, the self-esteem, the loss of freedom, you know, all of those things. It's just to be able to find those, and that's what this, this show is all about, is healing in the after loss. It's about loss can take so much, but it also can lead us to so much more. And you were led out of that into a place of service that has led to the saving of lives of other lives, you know, that, that were in that. And, and so, you know, you, you've, you've traveled through so much, and, and, and I know there's even more than that, and whenever you feel comfortable, whenever you feel it's time, you know, I just want to be there for you to know that I want you to know how loved you are and how safe it is because what you, I don't know about you, but I can speak for myself, but because of all the losses and the things that I grew up in and all that, safety is a big important issue for me. It's, it's, a, it's a very deep wound is, is the feeling of being unsafe. And even when I am safe, I can't experience that oftentimes because of of the the calluses of of, of my uh, experience have have separated me from the healing of that wound in a deeper way, and and I'm, I work on that all the time. And so when I'm sitting with someone, it is really sacred ground. It is, it is sacred moments that that come and that, that create the safety to be vulnerable for both of us to, to be able to, to journey in, in the depths. You can't, when, it's interesting with loss is that it takes so much of us, but there's so much we can't take into that healing. There's so much of me that I had to let go of to go deeper, that some things like words that I, I mentioned earlier, there are other things that I just couldn't hold on to to find my way through into the journey of healing in that in that sorrow of of loss. So, but for for you, Deborah, and, and I know the beauty of our conversations and that this book opened up you and opened up me to us. And, you know, that's what I want out of this. And that, it's not just within the pages of the book. It's in the dynamic and the energy of the experience. When someone touches these pages, they touch something deeper. And, and that's, that's you know, the deeper part of us. And, and so when I see when someone says, I've read your book, one, well, I'm kind of awkward around it. But another part, I say, then we have connected we have connected at a deeper place, beyond consciousness uh, to a greater place. And, uh, and I think that's what we did. And that's what, when it opened up that part of you being able to share with me, I take it as a great honor. And uh, of, of not just that, I mean, just that in and of itself, going through that domestic violence and going through that pain and coming to the place where you are now is a remarkable testament of the human spirit and of what love can, can go, love can, the power of that. Well, I, I just 
um, I do feel safe in my conversations with you. It's kind of funny that this one is being recorded, so it's, it's interesting <laughs> that we feel so safe that we're just going to um, put it out there. But, no, I do feel safe. And um, when you said safety is an important issue for you, uh, and, and you mentioned dreams and safety, and I might have mentioned safety first. I'm not sure. I think I might have. Um, but I just realized how safety is such a buzzword in my mind for me. And maybe buzz is not the right word, but it makes me buzz. I vibrate differently around safety. Um, and it's because I lived in foreign countries um, where safety was definitely an issue. Um, I started first grade in Iran, and I think I've mentioned before that for some reason the bus driver um, that picked me up every day to go to school tried to run me over every day for some reason. I, I still don't understand that, but my mother protected me beautifully from being killed by the bus driver. Um, but, um, you know, I was not safe there. Um, I was not safe in Turkey either. And there were um, armed people. Uh, I was in seventh, eighth, and ninth grade in, in, uh, in Turkey, and the compound where the American school was was guarded by Turkish soldiers. So I mean, there was just weird, you know, weird stuff that, that usually American kids are not exposed to on a regular basis. And so I wasn't, I didn't have the safety there. But um, it's probably was more generated by the fact that I was um, well, what's the word I want? I just never felt um, protected. Even though my parents were right there, I never, I never felt protected. So when I got married at 18 years old and I realized that my husband was not a protector either, um, that was that was hard for me to deal with. And I, I really, it took me um, until I was about 50 years old to put it all together. And that's after I had already been working with domestic violence survivors and, and people suffering through all of that uh, in real time, you know, at the, in the moment. You know, it's interesting. You'd never know who among you is a domestic violence um, survivor or somebody going through it right at the moment. You can look around the room and, you know, like one of every four is probably having an experience of it right now. So it's pretty bad. Um, so the loss of feeling comfortable and secure um, threw me off for a long time. And it's not just locking doors. It's also feeling like I'm not going to make it. You know, I'm not going to be okay. Something's going to happen. And uh, I have to fight that. So... But I do feel safe talking to you, um, most definitely. And I just so appreciate the, the depth of the story that you were able to tell in the 260 pages, I believe it is, of the book. It is just, it's brilliant. I need to write my story. That's what I need to do. Yeah. And I've thought that anyway, um, because there's, there's stuff in it, in anybody's life, that will help another person. So it's, it's just a gift when you go ahead and write it down and let the people that consume it find it, because they will. Right. that's what's happening yeah, in your book, right? I think so. I think it will, it will be what it needs to be. But 
you know, coming back to your comments, the couple of things that really uh, came to the, to mind for me was that how many people live in silence and live in secret and to live that like and the you know my experience of loss you know is is um, different but it's the same and and I could relate to so much of what you were saying and that the 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 sense of, of uh, people not knowing, and I don't, I, you know, domestic violence isn't on my radar screen, but all that you've gone through when you go into the depths of it, I know that is on my radar, the lack of safety, the sense of, of moving, and, and when even when reality is that I'm safe, I don't feel safe, you know, those kind of things. And I, when, you, when you share that kind of, of, of perspective, and what made me it made me think is that that you know when we when all of us when we move beyond the surface level, and you know when we go beyond being surface dwellers to people that are really on open to the journey and sharing that journey, there, there's a collective that happens that someone on this radio that will be listening to this will be in domestic violence. Someone will know that kind of. Uh, lack of safety that, that will know that kind of of fear and, and 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 your voice you know is is there to say you could make it through this you could, there are there are alternatives and until we get to that place to where we talk out of our out of the depths of our experience those that are living in that secret and in that silence and in that sense of separation cannot find their way out. And that was part of why I wrote the book about loss itself and on my journey. And that's probably why you're going to need to write your book about that because it's not about this is what's happened to me. It's about this is what's happening to us. And when we take it from that perspective, then uh, it will find the person that's feeling so alone. You know, I, I think I heard something that uh, I think Rachel told me. She was at a conference somewhere, and so I can't take credit for this, and I, I don't know who actually said this, but she, but she came home and said that the speaker said something that has been very profound for me and that I've carried for a long time since, and I'll carry hopefully the rest of my life, is the phrase, secret separate. And secret separate me from the world around me, from the world within me, and from the capacity to be connected to another. When I hold a secret, I am separating from you and from others and from myself and because I, I compartmentalize. Secrets compartmentalize us, and they separate. And, and those that are living in that kind of pain and that kind of hurt that feels so incredibly alone that it is the separation of, of not being able to speak out and say, this hurts, I'm in pain, I feel so alone. And, and that's what things like this book that I've written, the book you're going to write, the life you've lived, the life I've lived, uh, lived, <laughs> lived uh, and, <laughs> See, that's why I need a good editor. I'm living, but, too. Uh, <laughs> I'm a living. 
But uh, <laughs> that's why that's why uh, we have these these outlets, and that's why people want to speak out and say, "This is my story," and it really isn't about my story. You know, like I said, it, it is our story. It's that, well, when we go beyond the surface, we sit in that collective, in that inner knowing that we are not that that we all go through the same experiences. So how can we help each other? And that takes vulnerability. That takes really being out there. And people have told me that my book because God, you were so vulnerable. And I look and go, really? <laughs> this <laughs> just is what it is. This is what happens. You know, it's not because I don't feel vulnerable. I feel because when I when it touches another, it's not about vulnerability. It's about that that inner resource of strengthening, encouraging, giving hope, and receiving hope. Well, when we finished getting the book ready for prime time and getting it published, one of the things that I remember your appreciation towards me for, and that's a hard way to put that, but was that um, I was so respectful, because it is my way, I was so respectful of what you had said, what you had written, what you put down on paper, that even when it was the absolute wrong word, and I can think of one example of that that I can make you laugh if I remind you, um, it was like, what is that? You know, but I didn't go, what is that, Benjamin? Um, there was a, um, a respect and a, a feeling of tenderness that I had towards you through that process. And I think that's what we're talking about, is when we find other people who have been on the path, and or they're in the journey, that to be willing to be tender and respectful and, and just imagine what you get back. Because as tender as I am with you, you are with me. Is this making sense? Yeah, I think it's with life. And I think that it really comes for me out of living in non-judgment. And that was really important for me in my journey is to not say this is good or bad, this just is. And to know that other people are going through things that I, I don't, you know, I have no idea what someone's going to do. Like you said, one in four people live with domestic violence. You could be in a room and, and, and someone you had you have no idea. And we don't know what other people are going through. And, and to live in judgment of someone or some circumstance is so detrimental because I I have no ability to judge because I do not have the capacity to know everything that that person has gone through, is going through, and needs to go through. You know, I, I don't know what somebody else's journey is. So to, in this, like, snapshot in time of a connection with another, there's so little information. And if I look at the epicenter of that moment of connection, there is love. And, and in love, there is non-judgment. There is just simply presence. And if I can tap into that and to, to offer that to another as a reflection, as a mirror of that kind of love that they may never have experienced before, they may, never have, they, they may not even know what that is, because it's just so out of their 
their off their radar screen that but it's there and and I do that with people because you know I know what it means to me to sit with another that and not be judged even in my vulnerability or in my and my uh, fragility to be nurtured in a place like that is the greatest gift we can give to another and that's really important when you deal with someone with loss is that it's not what we say it's the presence we bring to that moment the authenticity the lack of judgment the just being present for another is the greatest healing element known to mankind as far as I'm concerned so in love there is only presence i think is a very powerful sentence you just said that True. in love yeah. there is only presence that's right wow yeah and that and that's what that's what i believe is part of that healing process and and what people in that separation and that secret one mm-hmm. of the things there one of the things that that is separating in the secret is the is the ability to find presence within their own life and within a life of another and when we break through those barriers and we speak our secrets we speak and say this is my truth this is what i'm feeling this is what i'm going through and there's a that is the major component of creating presence and it's finding the right people that can hold that presence. I mean, there are some that just can't do it. And there's some, you know, I've, I've run across many people and and in, in that case, I don't have any expectation for them to be any different. I don't have any, I'm not upset with them. I'm not saying, "Why can't you see this?" I simply I, you know, if I am to be if I am to receive love, I need to be in a state of love. And so in that love, I accept people for where they're at. Because you know, I have found that acceptance of me, of where I'm at, even when I use the wrong word. <laughs> <laughs> even when yeah, I, I don't care, but you brought that up. I, I think I remember there were several, so I don't. You could be there. No, but, no, uh, no. I just, I just <laughs> laugh. You know, you just laugh. You know, because it's, it, it, you know, I don't have to. What I have found when I become real and genuine, I don't have to protect myself i don't have to defend myself one of the major turning points in my life during that time was i came to a realization that i don't have to justify my existence to anybody i don't have to justify my life and and that was such freedom and and knowing that i can laugh at me i don't have to justify it. I make mistakes. I do stupid things. I just, you know, I, there were things I wish I'd, I'd done different, but they weren't. But I don't have to justify it. I don't have to rationalize or make it different. I am who I am, and and I accept that this is who I am. So, so in that whole thing around presence, that's what that's one of the byproducts of finding presence. That love is only presence. Is mm-hmm. that presence? transforms everything. Wow. That made me take a nice cleansing breath just now. I I feel (sighs) secrets separate, I think, is another um, takeaway for this this show. I don't, like you say, we don't know who said it first, but Mm. it says a lot. 
And I think the other takeaway for us is the in love there is only presence, which means that authenticity, lack of judgment comes with that. Um, I will say that um, the backstory, you know, a person's life, the way back machine is interesting and you know people think well I'm not, I I don't have anything interesting to write about and I just can't believe that that's true at all for anybody I'll bet you that every single one of us has an amazing backstory and uh and they should all be written that's how I think so I better get started on mine <laughs> yes if not written maybe not everyone's writers but if not written it should all be shared yes and not I agree with and you. not and to those around us is that to really uh, the hunger of every human being is to is to be known and to know and and in the unfolding with another that space that knowing and that being known is the most incredible part of healing and i think that's why people go to that facebook page and or any or the book or wherever is because you know I, I, some of the comments are, you know how I'm feeling, and mm-hmm. you put them to work. You know, we we share in the knowing, and and to be known, and to be accepted, there is no greater gift on this planet for a human being. I think that is absolutely a, a beautiful place for us to stop for the day. Um, I will tell you before we get off that I'm probably going to call my book "Playing in the Shadows." playing in the shadows and I will tell you why next time. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Sounds All right. good. All right. So let me just close with uh first of all, um give us your contact information. How do you like for people to get hold of you? Facebook page, website, let us let's go there. Uh usually smoke signals work for me, but we'll go with the uh the the website is www Afterloss, theafterloss.com. The Afterloss. The Facebook page is Grief and Healing in the Afterloss is the Facebook page. Fantastic. All right. So this has been another um, Healing in the Afterloss show. And I will close with something that you wrote on your Facebook page a while back. And I had written it down, and I just love it. kind of fits again today, of course. But you said, our frailties find strength in our common journey. We carry each other and hold each other in tenderness. And I think that's what we've been doing today, and I appreciate you very much, Benjamin. So have a great week, and um, we will talk again soon. Okay, thank you, Deborah. Take care. All right. Bye-bye, everybody.